Hey there, sweet peas. Welcome back to Friendless, the only show that tries to teach you how to be a better friend while I lose every friend I have. I'm your host, James Evermako, and this week I have on the show musician, actor, and trivia master, Sean Amsing. Sean and I discuss the international geography of modern art, how to make it as an actor in Vancouver, the state of concept albums, and the wild tale of how we met at Trivia Night. All this and so much more, so buckle up, get comfy, set your volume at a reasonable level, and enjoy my interview with the one and only Sean Amsing here on Friendless. Who the hell are you and what do you do in this world? Um, wow, uh, a lot. Um, I've somehow found a way, uh, super lucky uh, in this world, to try to make artwork. Uh, it doesn't work incredibly well, but mm-hmm. I have found a way to, you know, monetize any kind of talent that I've ever exhibited. Um, and that's not what it's about, but it is allows me to not have to do anything else. And um, you know, I come from a background of always being in in entertainment. Uh, I got my first acting gig when I was like 12 years old. Wow. Um, And I've kind of acted uh, through a lot. It's weird because Vancouver doesn't really give you a lot of opportunities, but when you're Mm. younger, like, you know, there are some. And of course, you know, I think uh, someone invented BIPOC like maybe like three years ago. So (laughs) the whole time before then (laughs) uh, was also when I was an artist. Um, and of course, you know, I, I do a lot. I act, I sing, I've done stand up, I've been in sketch comedy, um, I uh I rap, uh I produce music, I can play the piano all right, I can play the guitar all right. Um, you know, <laughs> you need. yeah, I, I think that, you know, my whole thing is that I just uh, through a lot of my life, like I thought that it was about being cool or chasing women, but deep down inside, what the reason why I do art and why I've always wanted to do it is because it's the only thing that makes me feel any kind of emotion. Like when you see a whole bunch of people singing their ass off on a stage or you watch a concert and they're at that point, um, music incites emotion and it's beautiful. And I just want to make the world more beautiful by putting more art out there as much mm. as possible. Oh, I love that so much. Oh my God. You've already said so many things that have made me <laughs> like, I just want to grab that one. You know what I mean? So <laughs> gonna have to unpack a few of those ones, but like, you know, that's a really interesting perspective that you have. And I think I share it with this idea of like what value art actually brings to the artist, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, um, one thing that I am constantly grappling with is this idea of we live in a capitalist game. So we have to find ways to pay our rent because unfortunately we can't be hunter gatherers as much as we want to be, you know? And, and so that really limits somebody who wants to create, you know, beauty and peace and comfort and, 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 and thought. Yeah. There, there lies like a huge gambit there, of course, Mm -hmm. because, you know, um, one of my art mentors back in the day, they told me that, Art is a cabin in the woods during a zombie apocalypse (laughs) where all the humans that are trying to survive die before they get to your food. And it's, (laughs) (laughs) and I know it's a really, really weird sort of long winded way of just saying that like you have to make things exclusively you. However, art is controlled by non artists 
and they try to put us in a box as many times as possible. So it's hard to like really find your individuality in everything that you do. And that is the only thing that will, that is good. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing that people respond to. So capitalism doesn't really promote individuality. Mm -hmm. And so it blocks it at every stage, but sometimes you just have to kind of plug through and find your threshold of placating capitalism and and coming up with as much of your individual self and as much as your vulnerable uh action and art as possible yeah well you know and you see oh my god um it's that thing about like um how how I know for myself as a writer, I feel stymied very often because I feel like I have stories I want to tell, but I stop myself because they sound too similar to other stories that have been told. But what I have to remember is that nobody's told my version of that story. And that's where the art comes from. That's where your artist voice comes from is like, yeah, there's been a million songs about love, but like if, if it hasn't been your love, you know, I always yeah. equate it to, you know, following sort of the, the cheeseburger or the, um, the zombie thing. I always talk about cheeseburgers. Like, you know, if, 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 if Mr. Wendy's said, Oh, fuck it. Uh, there's already been a McDonald's cheeseburger. I don't need to make a cheeseburger. You know, it's like it, then we wouldn't have the best cheeseburger ever made you know <laughs> so. i'm just gonna stop you right there i mean you 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 definitely went out of your way to say mr wendy's when the name is wendy's and <laughs> well you, i'm trying to remember his name dave dave dave, dave um, i mean why does dave have name? to be the face of wendy's you know what i mean that's just like saying like saying right, pharrell's right. the face of missy elliott you know <laughs> You know what? I appreciate that 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 clocking. I will take it. I'm noted for future for future. You know. Oh, I've been trained really well. It's fine. I love it. I love it. But it is that you know, it's that it's that idea of like your individual voice still counts even in yeah. this world that demands that you fall into place, right? A hundred percent. And it, it's not even just falling into place. It's about um, the fear of investment. You know, mm. n- no, especially in Canada. Canada is fucking notorious for this and it is that if it has never existed before then how do we have a scope of uh mm-hmm. what people can respond to and i in in a lot of ways that is the beauty of social media and that is why like you know you got to kind of force grandpa onto tiktok and stuff yeah. like that just so that there's an outside gain and mm. it sucks because it is a popularity contest and and i, I you know i want to be if you have that political narrative like if you if you have something where you're like, oh, if only I was a 14-year-old girl, then everybody would listen to my music. Well, then why don't you put a whole bunch of production costs and uh, into a music video where that 14-year-old girl is pretending to be you? It'll yes. look hilarious. It'll be funny and make sure that, you know, but nobody wants to put that step in. They just want to complain about it. Mm, <laughs> holy fuck, I love that. I love that so much. I, You know, I, I, I had a thought as you were saying, need to force grandpa onto tiktok and and i agree with it to the point where we need to force them to how to use it but we need to not teach them how to actually post we just need to teach them how to like interact and sure. then like not actually share their thoughts you know well, we have I too think... many thoughts already but we we need more <laughs> viewers right i think it's okay i mean uh, honestly uh, you know it's the same thing as like it we have to have individual freedom and yeah uh, and i don't know I, no country for old men is about is a movie <laughs> about how people just kind of lose themselves uh, eventually because they don't really feel like they belong. And uh, I don't know. 
nobody needs to fight for middle-aged men but i'm just saying that <laughs> that like you know um that it, we we should all just kind of you know we should expect what we can expect from each other mm. and oh, i love that it's true though you know you know, I think I'm struggling right now because I'm I've just started an, a brand new TikTok account for Friendless, and I'm trying to grow an audience just from zero there. And because it's a brand new account, um, the for you page hasn't like adjusted to what I actually want. So I'm seeing so much like get Trudeau out, and so much <laughs> of this just like right wing garbage. Oh, okay, okay, like, yeah. Don't, oh so maybe my God, I was, no, yeah. stop, please get out and stop, 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 stop. You know. <laughs> No, you're right. Oh, man, I, I forgot about that. I guess my algorithm is just designed to like things exactly. that I want to see. So I think take TikTok is this, you know, completely Beautiful inclusive yeah. space of, <laughs> yeah. of, you know, wonderful forward thinking minds. But yeah. that's because I searched it once. And exactly. <laughs> the algorithm are. learned. And that's the thing. I'm trying to teach my fucking algorithm to stop showing me this shit. And it keeps on being <laughs> like, oh, maybe try another one. Let's try this angle. You know, and I'm like, no, I still don't give a shit. You know? But, yeah. My, but... my former partner, I'm, I'm divorced. And you know me Same. and my me and my ex are yeah, yeah. Uh, me and my ex are uh, are like we get along really really great and okay. um and uh, she introduced me to the term she's like well you know your TikTok's not gay TikTok and it's like what do you mean <laughs> and it's like well gay TikTok is a lot more entertaining and uh, it's, a, it's a lot more you fun. know it's an echo chamber of of exactly what I want to hear mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and I feel like you know. I'm not quite gay TikTok, but I'm pretty close, you know. Yeah, you're, you're ally talk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so you know, I, I wanted to pick up on something. I had a question that I was going to ask much later, but but you, uh, you you mentioned something about the Canadian art scene that I really wanted to pick up on and and get your take on because you know, in prep preparing for the interview, I was I I was going through your IMDb and I was seeing you have this really really lengthy film career and you've you've been working consistently since like 1996 you know yeah and 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 i'm wondering your perspective on what it's like to work in canadian film because you know i've dipped my toes in and out throughout the years and i've always become really disillusioned with it because it feels like there's this there's this wall that you hit because of where you're auditioning from you know and, yeah. and i'm wondering what your what your experience is like with that well, I mean, it's definitely there. Uh, I, I think I put it put it to you. I'll put it to you this way: um, if you, your group of friends was trying to make a project, and you had your funding, you had everybody like kind of around you, and um, all of those people are going to know people, mm -hmm. and all of those people have an understanding, an unspoken communication, and let's say we get the opportunity and a huge tax cut to film uh, a movie in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I don't know anybody in Columbus, Ohio. Right. Yeah. And I don't really trust that Columbus, Ohio's culture is going to really reflect what my art is going to reflect. Mm. Now here in Vancouver, we are completely like, I just wanted to only just say that one statement because mm -hmm. On the other side of it is 80% of my feelings, which is like, we don't have any protection here. I'm a Vancouverite who probably, if I was born in LA or if I was born in New York or if I operated out of there, I honestly think that I have the tools, the experience, and the ability to be on a very, very high level of executing 
characters on streamers, uh, stand up comedy on a wide level, um, you know, anything creating. I would I, I, I picture myself on a table at SNL being like, mm-hmm. yeah, what if he was a hamburger? <laughs> and I honestly think that those types of, you know, belief systems get us away from the international world that we actually live in. Mm-hmm. And that world is going back on the grandpa using TikTok situation where if we're artists, and maybe I should say that if we're artists, not mm-hmm. storm the capitals, if we're artists, we <laughs> should be able to create these characters and create these audiences, create these concepts, these funny ideas on our own. And that mm. creates an international appeal because yeah. culture is not a situation or a place anymore. It's an idea. And wow. unfortunately, it's on the phone. <laughs> yeah. No, you're so spot on. And that's something I think it is a really limiting belief. And I think hearing you explain it that way is really illuminating those 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 blockages that I didn't even realize were necessarily there. They're sort of invisible, you know, but like but realizing that thinking about geography as a limiting factor to your art is very archaic you know yeah of course it is right i I mean that's the thing is we could go to columbus and we Mm -hmm. could do our grade 12 there and then start our university there and we would have friends that thought i mean everybody thinks i'm fucking weird anyways no matter where i go (laughs) but i feel like you could find your group and they're all the same everywhere you know i mean super bad could have happened in anywhere america but it was a story about kids in vancouver yeah so i mean i don't know it's weird because even though i have like these limiting beliefs and believe you me like man i have been top three choices on so many different leads this year and last year and there's a lot of actors in this city are like man that is a fucking victory Mm -hmm. i've never been that close i don't know what it's like i'm glad that people are giving you a look and i Mm -hmm. think it's just because they see that there's something real there but mm-hmm. then I watch it and I'm like, oh, that's the guy from that 70s show, you know, like exactly. And I'll be like, oh, there's no way that I even had a chance. Those guys had lunch in L.A. at mm-hmm. Italy and they were like talking about this project seven months ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a, you know, a, a spitting chance. But mm-hmm. I think that I think that when you get your opportunities, if you just you just have to kind of play with it. I stopped thinking that acting was a career. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> when i was 12 years old <laughs> um n- not really i just mean that like acting as a career that you can count on it's not something right. that you can count on it's yeah. something it's like winning the lottery it's like you it's know. a vocation almost right it's that it thing is. of like i think i think even hearing you say it it's like career to me feels like it implies stability and there's no art career ever that has ever you know implied stability so you yeah. can't, you kind of can't call it that right and it's the same with everything you know if it wasn't for my opportunities of getting songs of mine on uh letter kenny and being a part of their like spotify and uh apple music playlist i wouldn't have as many plays as i do which is sure. like 100k and i'm happy with it you know hell yeah so hell it's yeah. like when it gets to that kind of situation it's like i know that i'm nobody but i know that some people have actually heard something or they'll mm-hmm. watch me in a show and they'll be like that guy was funny mm-hmm. you know when i did always be my maybe i was among really really funny awesome people and ali wong was behind the lens like giving me alts mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then when i watch it i'm like well i know that this this whole part of this movie is about 
Russell and him being cheap, but man, I'm holding my own. I'm just yeah. having a conversation. And so when it comes down to it, I know what I facilitate <laughs> mm-hmm. in uh, as a Vancouver actor. I'm a story mover. I don't have an arc um, in Vancouver. And mm-hmm. sometimes I might have an arc, but I mean, come on, we're all just like pushing the b-movie actor through their journey and even though that's racist um (laughs) i'm i'm i guess i'm down to do it (laughs) yeah yeah we gotta pay our rent somehow i suppose right you know yeah yeah Yeah. fucking hell um um so so i want to ask you in two this is the thing the next part i want to ask you about is is i can't decide which to put first but i think i'll go with the music because i think the trivia will save for because we've got much more to talk about about that so yeah i have an end game for that too so i'll I'll let you know beautiful beautiful i love that good good we're planting the seeds you know keep the (laughs) keep the audience you know hooked in right um um you know speaking of other variations of your artistic expression um you have at least at least two musical acts that you have up on Spotify. You've got Kaboom Atomic and then also a new project called Definitely Not Aliens. And yeah. you know, I was saying before uh we started recording that I've been listening to this uh the at least the first few hits of the Definitely Not Aliens all morning and I'm absolutely loving it. And oh, thanks. I'm wondering like what's the what what are the origins um of of these musical projects and and what's the what's the what's the concept behind it if there yeah a... um well definitely not aliens is um is elf and uh and Joel Snedden, who's from Nanaimo originally uh we kind of grew up doing a lot of music together we were in Run with the Herd actually he knew who I was through the underground rap scene when he was like 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, because I was rapping around like, you know, 18, 19, 20. I mean, I was rapping in high school, but people started to know who I was when I was that young public and doing it. Yeah. And there was a Vancouver underground that was actually kind of, you know, it was a really cool scene. Um, Mm. it's not like that anymore, but, uh, the world has changed and it was really interesting. We had like a really, like a good hip hop hub called (laughs) fuck what you heard. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a store on Beatty Street um, owned by Martini and uh, um, who owns Dipped now. Gotcha. Um, okay. And that was like a, a back in the day, sort of like a, a record store that, you know, DJs and rappers would go into and we could buy like a whole bunch of things. And that's kind of started a culture around rap. And uh, I started, you know, singing on my own, just like playing singer songwriter kind of stuff. And um through uh another producer his name is zach uh who's not with us anymore um i met joel and we decided to like kind of have a super group and you know we started rapping a little bit together we kind of formed a bond and we just wanted to make music together and grow and uh suddenly when we came up with our concept we had these songs and we came up with the concept definitely not aliens which is basically aliens that are trying to be human um so we're, we're humans that are trying to be aliens that are trying to be human. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're trying to convince the world that we're not aliens. <laughs> and the whole, you know, the whole reasoning behind it is not the music. I mean, mm. it's more just like, uh, you know, we keep going back and forth between either global takeover, um, but also the concept in general is about... Um, they're in tourism so 
these aliens have come to Earth and they're trying to send video and concepts of emotion back to their planet to be like, oh, come visit Earth. You can assimilate, become a human for a while and like really experience what these people experience. And what happens is we find these pockets of sadness that don't exist anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, my character uh, wants to destroy these pockets of sadness with uh, music and my producer, who also raps and sings as well, he wants to harness it as a weapon. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and this concept is only revealed through like a cartoon that we have like in our five-year plan that's just going to be little tiny vignettes. Um, yeah. The music is the music. We're, we're just making songs about emotion and love yeah. and, and, you know, all sorts of different things. The pressure that, that, that you have on you, like mental health and... You, the human experience basically mm -hmm. but we kind of have this underlying filter and our beats get a little weird sometimes mm -hmm. we play some stuff like out of tune on purpose and we have little you know we have like we have such a good understanding of each other's art and uh such a good picky combination of um you know when we clash we're just like okay well explore your idea let's see where we're at explore your idea um but you know we both have to like it and it creates a really good balance hmm. i mean it's it, it's <clears throat> it is really an interesting synthesis um because the, the the sounds really hit you really differently throughout even just throughout any single song and there's there's um i, I don't know uh, you probably know the the terms for it a lot a lot obviously i don't know them at all <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know but there's this really interesting synthesis of like there's these melodies and then this really ethereal stuff and then these really hard lyrics and it and it really hits in these interesting cross sections and and um I feel like you can really hear really, really disparate influences on any single song. Sure. You know? And yeah. is that is that like intentional or is that you just sort of like kind of following the impulse and letting whatever comes out flow out? Yeah. I mean, uh, let's just take uh, Rub Hands Together, which is, um, you, are you familiar with that mm -hmm, one? Mm -hmm. So that one song is pretty Pharrell in a lot of ways, you sure. know, like I feel like the hook for sure. It's like on that kind of like Pharrell Williams tip. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it, it that kind of like funkiness with that like kind of weird sort of baseline um and concept just came from wanting to make like a you know that kind of dancey club like a hip-hop song but make it weird and campy and a little bit fun and mm -hmm. have sound effects in it and like you know yeah, just yeah explore that avenue so we never have to go back there in any other song <laughs> <laughs> You really run I mean, the risk though, because because you clearly have like musical talent, and so you really run the risk of like people kind of missing the joke in a way. You know, I remember that. You know, I remember that happening with um, were they called LMFAO, right? Where they yeah. started as like a ra like a joke group, and then people were like, "No, this is like a club banger," and then they were like, "Oh no, we're done. We're not gonna do it." <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I I understand that though, and and they don't need to, and uh, mm. honestly, like hmm. yeah. if. If they have a publisher, or if they fucking need one, um, mm. I would come out and and you know make something so melodramatic, so Tyler the Creator. If I was LMFAO yeah. right now, so apologetic, um, and actually take like a story from a girl who like got assaulted during one of their parties, and like I don't know, make some sort of like 
remorseful, like I have to deal with the fallout of this because I started dating this person and they're traumatized from this event, yeah. make songs about that and just see what happens. I mean, maybe that yeah. it, sadly in our capitalist world, that is a <sighs> manipulative ploy to sell records on a different type of concept. Hmm. It's, <laughs> I mean, Fuck. it's like, it's interesting because it's like, you know, the idea of the concept album isn't new, but the way that it is, uh, I don't know if I want to say marketed, but the way you consume it is differently, even right? Because like, yeah, you know, I mean, the only reason liner notes you have to you write, you have all those things that you can kind of follow yes, along. Yes, totally, totally. Anymore, right? Yeah, and the gorillas, I guess, are the closest to like a high concept sort of like album thing, but that's still yeah. vague. It's like, yeah. what's the story? Where did these guys come from? I never, I, 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 I always get my. <laughs> I always get my back oddly up about gorillas, and I don't know why. I just could never get it. I never. I was always I like, okay, great. Well, it's cool. not obvious, They're but hey, you know what? You know what a good example is? Is fucking mario like the mario brothers okay like <laughs> okay, there's okay. they're they're now just starting to give a story and they're like yeah mm -hmm. bowser the blah, blah blah and then like dk and like you know yeah. and and mario they have like a little thing they're trying to make a story out of like a japanese mushroom filled idea you know right. what i mean <laughs> right. which yeah. which is hilarious to me in so many different ways but also it's just <laughs> like you know it's like you can just picture it's just you and your friends and you're like okay a fucking plumber he's like oh he's going through pipes and shit like that and he's got to save a princess and they're like how do they fucking make something like shut up man just make the thing we got we only have one we only have two colors the princess she's pink and then fucking, you know what i mean that guy's green he's a frog or a dinosaur or a turtle i don't know hey yeah is this a turtle or a duck uh, it's, it's kind of both it's a it's a bowser it's a koopa i don't fucking know it's a turtle dove um but yeah i mean i i think when when it comes down to uh to to like high concept stuff and then explaining it later i actually really like that as just like brainstorming ideas because if you make something vague then people can kind of really connect with trying to figure out what that story means mm. and this is why you know calling yourself definitely not aliens and just making regular music is where we're at but if we ever right. have the call to like make something deeper we're actually prepared for that you know and what's coming. yeah yeah and you know <laughs> everything is can be finite if it wants to be we're just mm -hmm. trying to like make art that's that's pretty and and if we get funded for something then we'll make it I love that. Oh God, the 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 the, uh, the Canadian artist mantra, right? I'd love to make it. Uh, could someone help me out first? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, luckily, you know, I think honestly, if if I just went when in my like post secondary or even secondary school, if they just taught us how to write grants, I'd be a millionaire Fuck. right now. Oh my God, <laughs> have you ever had like have you ever had any success with Canada Council? I I don't think I've ever I've ever gotten a personal grant. I know I got a few for my like organizations I've worked for, but. I've never ever gotten one for personal. Uh, well, I mean, uh, especially if anybody on Canada Council is listening, um, <laughs> uh, I haven't yet. Um, but I really do blame myself. You know, mm. like I think that if you budget something that makes sense and you're nice and clear and concise, and you have sure. a really clear idea, I think that the the board should be able to like understand where you're coming from now what's great um uh, for me at the in the timing of this is i can check boxes that uh, never existed before you know i can right, call sure. myself um a person of color and that means something uh and it's not special treatment it's just they're finally looking at these uh you know to make their art more exclusive to make inclusive to make canada more inclusive they want mm -hmm. to start funding more of these projects and i think that's nice i think it's a good mm -hmm. thing 
and yeah. um, I want to take advantage of it before I just end up going back into the background somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is, it's that sad thing too, right? Because it's like there's so much fucking petulant pushback you know like you know we're we're recording uh, the episode will be out in march but like you know we're recording in february which is you know um in, in the states i believe in canada too is black history month and you know and it's like how many fucking times do you see on twitter or you see online somewhere some fucking dipshit mouth breather being like where's the white history month and it's like it's like there's yeah. no you know i i don't understand this concept it, it's like um it's zero-sum thinking right of like if if one person has something, then it's taking away from me when what it's actually doing, and which is what I think these programs are doing, is it's, it's widening the scope of who can do these things. And that's only ever going to benefit culture and thought and, and creativity and push programs. You know? The only thing that people can't colonize is oppression. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know. I you you need to say more on that because that's a beautiful <laughs> fucking statement, and you have just like struck me dumb, and I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's it's all a part of the belief that that if people are starting to get attention um, for systemic racism, um, uh, that is something that a lot of people. Mm, Privilege is a scale. Mm -hmm. It's just like Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you look at that and you're like, okay, well, if anybody else did that, they wouldn't be able to make him a poster boy for the KKK. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, like, (sighs) oppression isn't something that anybody wanted. And so sure. when we, when people start like speak, I'm South African, so like mm. apartheid was like basically I don't know light slavery on the most recent. So yeah. w- when it, but even if, and I say this like this is a side an, an aside, in South Africa there's so much microaggressions. They're like our country was better when white people were running it. It's because <laughs> when they skip when they like suddenly we're like okay you know what you guys take care of it they've already created so much systemic pain and so much you know so many different like wheels are turning corporations diamonds and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff so many different structures and payment uh uh you know payment processing regulations and all that Mm -hmm. that by the time the africans got back a hold of it it was a mess and none of them were educated enough to take care of it properly Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's not white people being better at taking a take taking care of a country than black people. It's, it's systematically keeping them un, unable to do it. And simple people don't see systemic, you know, prejudice. They don't see mm-hmm. anything like that. They might feel it sometimes because mm-hmm. that system has also put them in situations like I'm just I'm trying to talk to that like, you know, blue collar fucking uh guy who's who's like oh yeah but like this is a world for women and fucking black people now and like all the black people in my school were like way cooler and everybody wanted to be them and they got all the chicks and like you know now i sit alone and i fucking have a drinking problem and it's like that you brought that on yourself and like you know and and, no one did that yeah (laughs) and you know and, and and so when i say like you know that that the only thing you can't colonize is oppression is now that people are 
are, are, are making these statements that are about their own pain or systemic uh, problems and like, you know, fighting for the, the underdog and like, you know, recognizing what redlining is in, in America, uh, you know, places where you're not allowed to buy mortgages or banks are instructed not to give black people mortgages in certain areas. That type of uh, ideology um, is cool now. And so now white people are like, oh, they keep saying white people and that's not me. Um, because no one just gave me a check for being white. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, all my Jewish friends have like been dealing with the same shit. It'd be like, yeah, yeah well, where's my, where's my Jewish check then? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So. God, I mean, it's yeah. such a mess, right? It's such a mess. And it's like, and, and I think one of the things that, that really becomes such a overwhelming problem for it is that it's like, we, we can see all the problems. You know, going back to like you're talking about the, the transfer of power in, in South Africa is that it's like, you know, we can see all the problems, but we're not in a place where we can actually take them over and actually fundamentally change them for the better as fast as we want or need them to be. And, yeah. and that's a really that's immediately really frustrating in in an era of Internet with instant gratification and instantaneous communication where we we see the problem and we want it dealt with. But what we what we are grappling with is that it's going to take like generational incremental incremental changes and it doesn't feel like we have that time anymore yeah that's extremely apt and you're you're right and you know i think it's part of the conversation too (laughs) it's so funny because this is this is the the thing that i run into with some people that are like on that fence they're you know centrist that you know they're kind of on that fence they're always like you know i think the important part is that you know we we can like talk about these things and it's (laughs) like it's not like, yeah, sure. Like you're right. But like everything, like if I make sense on my side, you're just going to be like, well, I disagree. And then you just get to say the thing that you want to say. And then I tell you that that's like a part of systemic oppression. And you're like, well, I disagree. And then nothing changes. What's this fucking conversation really about? Are we going to leave this going like, huh, he said an interesting point. Well, that doesn't change anything. I'm going to (laughs) get in my gas car. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that I think that's honestly, that's one of the big sticking points for me is that it doesn't feel it's like it's like we're at this funny impasse where it's like it we know it's actions that need to be taken but every action feels like it's like on the razor's edge of like you know because to to like to you know to go really extreme to like to want to incite some kind of revolution mm-hmm. you know as a, as a student of history every violent overthrow of any government no matter how bad has almost inevitably always led to first a power vacuum and then worse leadership, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it's not, it's not really the path we want, but no. it feels like the way we're going, you know, uh, because the conversation is too stagnant and it's too slow. Yeah. I mean, the world's been bought and sold so many times. All of well, yeah. Anyways, you know, it's not, there's no borders. There's only just percentages of, Who's buying what? You know, mm-hmm. what is that? Is that network? He talks about that in network, and it's from the fucking you know. I'm mad as hell. I'm not you right. You know, yeah. He talks about that in that scene where he's like, it's just IBM and Enron or whatever the fuck. Yeah, hundred percent, right? you know, and it yeah. is. And let's 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 take a spin 
to something a little bit different. Let's okay. let's 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 try and let's try and lighten the mood just a little bit. I can talk about this shit all day. I'm like right? I'm I like know. oh yeah, what is talking about it doing? So what what else? I know. I know. I think I think that's my problem is that I think I was hearing myself be like, but James, you're just sitting here talking like just like you know. <laughs> I love that. So 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 you know um um. Many of my guests have some kind of connection to me, whether they're old friendships on Facebook, things like that. Um, yeah. And you and I have a very, very tenuous connection. Uh, it's only, we've only really actually hung out, like, technically once, but one yeah. other time when we met. And um, it, it all kind of revolves around the fact that you are sort of a, a trivia master in the city of Vancouver. And before we kind of get into the, to the story, because I think it's a really funny story about that the night we met, um, I'd love to hear about sort of like your history with trivia and how you got involved in that and, and what what brought you to that night at Heroes Welcome. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a comic um, or I was a lot more active. I mean, now I just kind of go where the money is, um, which is sad. But uh, yeah, and the only days I have free are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and no one's doing comedy on those days unless you're a pro. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, th- there was this bar. It was called the Manchester, and they were um, they had a comedy night. I'm oh, sorry, they had a trivia night, and uh, the trivia host was just like really boring. Hmm. And so the GM had a meeting with somebody that knew me and was like, "Oh, you should really try Sean out at this." And they're like, "Okay." And so you know he he me came in and I was like, oh man, I don't even know what I'm doing. And we started, they were like, yeah, we're buying packages from these guys, nice guys trivia. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I came in, I took their package, I read their questions. And then as time went by, I just started getting more bold. And we went from having like maybe two, three teams in there uh, to a consistently packed room full of people that was, you know, that just needed to come every week and see what kind of antics I had. And, you yeah. know, I I got to a pace and I got to a place and I was I was basically doing trivia once a week and then bartending, um, acting every once in a while and and uh, yeah. And then I uh, w- another one of the venues that was in the same company was like, oh, you should do trivia here on Wednesdays. Then I had two and uh, I'm consistently like you know juggling four or five a week now with my own company making my own packages, which, you know, I just wanted to get paid more. So I was like, well, cut those guys out and I'll just do this myself. Yeah. Um, and now I have a stage and I have a pretty good audience. I mean, you know, I'm probably in front of a hundred people a night on each of my venues, you know, on Monday I'm at Bayside and that is a riot because I do trivia and then I DJ until 12. But um my trivia there is just it's just such a good group of like you know actual adults i say because they're like (laughs) 30s and 40s and you know um they love my nastiness uh they want me to like sing i i do this round called uh called karaoke remixes where basically i'll take a karaoke song and i'll rewrite all of the lyrics to the songs yeah um and people like they ask me to do that every single week and I can't, I do it like maybe once a month. Right. Right. But uh, those types of bells and whistles, I think really keep people involved. Yeah. You know, well, there's such a, there's such a culture, there's such a trivia culture that I wasn't even really aware of until 
you know, until kind of dipping my toes. Funny enough, they they kind of talk they they talk about it a little bit in the rehearsal. I don't know if you saw that. With yeah, them, you know, and they, yeah, there's like there's this there's this really deep culture around trivia, and it's fascinating. And I'm like, I found myself really questioning why I'm not more involved in it because I had a fucking blast the night. Yeah, you know? and and you're so good at it. You, oh well, thanks. You had so many like you know the different round styles, the different types of questions. The different well, I'm different. Subjects, you know? uh, honestly, a lot of those trivia lifers they don't like my night. And, you know, or they're just like, hey, man, like we went to a trivia and it was so boring and we hated it. And I was yeah. like, yeah. And, and they're like, we have never won your trivia. We're here. We're getting fucking eighth. We're last. Like, we don't care, man. We just yeah. like your shit, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I just put a little bit of effort in and at least it's it's kind of like me just taking a workshop in all of the things that I do, you know? And yeah. the reason why I mentioned doing karaoke remixes is because I get to actually practice singing. So right. that's there. And then I, I have all these other rounds. I mean, another thing is like I'm doing some voice work and just reading the questions has kind of retrained my brain to be very fast in uh, in, in the uh, um, <laughs> within the path of uh, comprehension. So like even yes. like making sure that the things that I say are registering in people's minds, creating those pictures is such mm -hmm. a relationship as old as time but when you're reading it on a piece of paper you're not really connecting so you mm -hmm. have to kind of manipulate those and the more that i do it the better an artist and communicator i become anyway so yeah. there's so many benefits and it's not a fallback career in a lot of ways but it does this is another way that i've monetized art you know i get to use my degree if you will um in a very roundabout weird way and um and do you have like um I'll I'll make sure in the show notes for this show if you have like resources for people to find your trivia nights or like you know like what days to go to or anything like that do you have yeah. links that they can check out for that kind of thing Yeah you can just connect with me on Instagram all, all of my uh, stuff is just kaboom atomic I mean if you're really interested in trivia nights there is a Vancouver trivia blog that you can go to and you can just see where all of them are um, but I only do four a week. I'm really not trying to take over the city. Um, I got pushed out of one of my venues just because, uh, this, you know, big trivia company, um, <laughs> uh, just gave them a deal. They couldn't refuse. It was, sure. you know, it was like, we'll do this for a hundred dollars for a year. So, and Damn. you know, my price is higher than that and they know what they got with me, but their nights packed now so like they're fine they just yeah. needed a transition and because the culture people just love doing fucking trivia and mm -hmm. you know i uh i feel like I'm, I'm kind of just doing entertainment and asking questions at the same time <laughs> so 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 to come to the night uh this was last i guess uh march now it's almost been a year now yeah um um you know we were talking before before we hit recording about you know i really wanted to get your perspective on it but then but then i realized like you probably wouldn't even have known um what was going on for me so so what what did it, so the reason i ended up at heroes welcome that night literally that morning i i've talked about this in various details on the show before but literally that morning was the day i got an email from the wife of the man who my now ex-wife had been sleeping with for at, at least last year and and lots and lots and lots of gory details and lots of things that i had just no idea was going on and and she was writing to me to be like how are you processing all this how are you feeling about it and i was like well ma'am uh i'm only now discovering it so um i don't know how i'm processing it just yet <laughs> you know yeah. um 
so I um, uh, I got a hold of my friend, and he said, uh, "Meet me at Heroes Welcome in twenty minutes. We're getting drunk." And yeah. uh, and so we get there, and it's basically dead at that point. Um, and we're drinking, and I'm telling the story, and my other friend shows up, and then and then you show up, and you hand us a, a scorecard. It was so funny because <laughs> when I came up to your table too, your friend was like. Hey, you know, d- don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like don't give me a little don't, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, hey, you you know, I was just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna push through. I'm gonna yeah. be here fast. Do you guys want to play trivia? It's I'll just leave it here. If you want to play, you play. If you don't, don't fucking don't worry about it. And I think you yeah. actually looked at me, and then there was just something there, and you were just like, yeah, fuck it, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't know what was going on the entire trivia, yes. obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I think your friend may have told me when you went to the bathroom. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, okay. like he didn't say like you know he didn't give me the gory details, but he was yeah. just like, yeah, no, he's going through some relationship shit right now. Because <laughs> I, 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 in reflection, I, I've always whenever I've told people this story, I've always said, I uh, of any night of my life, I've always wished. I could watch that night back from someone else's perspective <laughs> <laughs> because I went through every fucking emotion you could have of course. at some point. And I got, I got thinking about like you, I, I got thinking about you and I got thinking about how like one minute you'd look over and I would be like balls out bawling, just like racked with sobs. And then like another question would come. And then you'd look back and we'd be like laughing and getting the question. And then you'd look back and I'd be like, screaming in rage you know? <laughs> to read the to hold on to read the back of the book here for a second for our audience um you guys ended up winning didn't and then you? we won that's the, <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> that's the best part i'd been drinking since like 2 p.m i'd been doing and like doubles like we were doing like every time we got a beer we'd get a shot of tequila so it was just like i was blind belligerent oh, yeah. drunk and then we won you're trivia. crushing <laughs> I think it was one of those times where it was just like all the songs that I was playing was like right in your guys' wheelhouse. Yeah, it was was, perfect. Do you remember your team name? I don't. I don't. It was something funny. I remember we made a point to not be like we we made a point to not be like like mean spirited or bitter or anything like that. It was something really good and funny, but I for the life of me cannot. It might have been like it might have been something to do with Space Jam because we the those two my two buddies were like big. They're both big Space Jam boys, so. Yeah, I remember. I remember thinking it was pretty cool. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, but it was magic, and it was a really. It was you know it's so funny. So one of the things we won was a T-shirt that I've never been able to bring myself to wear. But uh, (laughs) but but we also won a six pack, and uh, we drank a bunch of them on the walk to the train. But I got I saved one, and I still have it. I was gonna I was gonna drink it on the anniversary as a little celebration. (laughs) I don't know if beer goes bad. I don't think it ages like wine, but. it's funny because, like, you know, even though I remember that, like, so distinctly, like, that's another day at the office for me. Right. Yeah. You know, like, it's so many weird fucking things happen at my trivias, too. You know, like, yeah. you know, people get kicked out. People start bawling. People never see each other again after fucking <laughs> arguing about <laughs> one of my questions. I don't know, man. It's just a lot of crazy stuff happens. But I did see you again. Yes. Where was that? I know we ran into each other. So we have a mutual friend, Katie Armstrong. Um, um, oh yeah, uh, and she was in town randomly. That's for like right. One night, 
and and we were having like a picnic and you showed up and I went, oh, fuck, it's you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's so great. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, and it was like, for, I mean, that was probably like May or something like that. And we've been trying to get this podcast going ever since then. I've, no, you know, I've, I've had I've had multiple, you know, minor nervous breakdowns in the interim and I'm finally back on track. So, you know. oh, yeah, no, you know, those those just come with the territory of being a creative in a capitalist world. Right. Fuck that. um um so i only really have um the sort of like the 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 kind of the universal questions that i ask uh for for to wrap up the show but um you know a lot of what this show explores is this concept of of friendship and what it means to be a friend and and i've been working with this new with this new idea i got out of uh uh cptsd book about the idea of good enough and it you know it it, it, it stems from the idea of good enough parenting you know it's like you're, you you don't want to be a, a perfect parent you want to be good enough you know and yeah and i'm sort of extrapolating it to the rest of my behaviors is like dismantling perfectionism and all those kinds of things so sure I, I i'm curious in your you know in your estimation what does it take to be a good enough friend to be perfect i'm just joking um <laughs> Um, uh, honestly, uh, I think it, it comes from the other side. I think that it's the person who's receiving your friendship that really just needs to put everything into perspective mm-hmm. that like, if you sit with something long enough, it, it'll mold. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, you know, I, I honestly think that any interaction with any human being is, is it's food. And if mm. things sit out or if you, you know, if you don't treat it properly, it is, it's not going to be good for you. But if you cultivate it and, you know, you spice it up or you, you know, you cook it properly and you set yourself up with success, you know, I think there are different types of relationships. though too, because, you know, I work with perfectionists and I'm, I'm fast, you know, I, I, I'm a flow person. So basically I'm just I'm in this little boat on the ocean and art is floating by and I just grab it and I put it in and suddenly I have this song that's a metaphor for painting a house and I'm the one who gets it the most and um you know I work with a perfectionist who I'm like hey you know I think I think you're kind of getting fixated on this um and it's a it becomes a balance, you know, Mm. it becomes this really good balance where it's like, Hey, you know, I I think, yeah, I don't know. I think good enough is, is, uh, it's a weird, it has a negative connotation, uh, Mm -hmm. in, in in its, in its tradition, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I'm trying to sort of explore. You know what I mean? I'm trying to dismiss, I'm trying, that's one of the elements I'm trying to take away is that it's like, it's good to be good enough. Right. Yeah, I suppose so. And you know, it's interesting how the universe works, I guess, because I was kind of talking about this with my ex that, that, um, it is, there are people that live entire lives being insignificantly happy. Mm. And there, there is so much glory in simplicity. And as long as you know yourself, though, you know, like if you're like, for some reason, there's this guy that's born somewhere and he is the best lather in the world and he'll never get to lathe. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. So part of your life is exploration and part of your life is finding something that y- makes you happy. And yeah. people and you know we're we're mimickers. We mimic each other. And so if we can find a way to just be joyous, the world will be joyous. Hmm. On that note about mimicking, last question what's something that listeners could try to do? What's an actionable thing they could try this week to be a better friend? Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> so much. Uh, write journal. I think that you mm. should journal and you should put a goal in there um, to do something nice, to do something nice for somebody. I mean, when you look at your friend's, they're not just a a burden for you to like drop all of your emotional stuff. They they should be that, but it should be balanced out with listening to them. Mm. And I, yeah, I mean, if there's one piece of advice about friendship that I have, it's that everybody has their own journey and you don't have to relate. <laughs> you do not have to relate. When someone is telling you about a problem that they have, you don't have to say Oh, yeah, I've had that problem. <laughs> right? You can like, just listen. It's like the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Like when you were going through your, you know, messy breakup, if your friends at the table were just like, oh, I remember when someone cheated on me in high school. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit fucking different, bro. A little different. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, though. I really, I, I really, really value your perspective on both those questions. The idea of the, the how you receive friendship is just as important as how you give friendship, you know. And, totally. And then the the tip, you know, because so often the tips either I I hear or that I give myself are are often like much more proactive towards other people, whereas you know encouraging yourself to actually reflect within and 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 make some personal commitments. I think is a beautiful, beautiful piece of advice. And mm-hmm. I really, I really thank you for that perspective. Thank you. <clears throat> Sean, Sean Amsing, uh, you are a fucking joy. You're absolutely <laughs> incredible. You too, I, James. I, I've, I've, I've just, I've absolutely loved this conversation. And I just like, I, I find myself like, I don't know what the word is. Like, I just find myself so inspired by you and just so, so like, I feel really lucky to, to have found this connection with you. And, and I really, you know, I, I, I love this time and I really look forward to hopefully, you know, chatting again soon. Well, yeah, well, let's do that professionally and uh, on a chill uh, thing. I have a podcast called That's Dumb. I love it. Um, I love it. And I would. Uh, <laughs> it's dumb, though. Um, <laughs> it, uh, I'd love to have you on it. Uh, it it's basically just uh, ideas that we would never be able to afford. Um uh, and ideas that like are just stupid that you just like to see in the world because the world's fucking dumb anyways. Yes. Um, and I have like prompt questions. It's a little bit more laborious than this was, but that's cool. That's cool. Uh, but I'd love to have you on that as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. You absolutely sign me up for that because I'm, okay. I'm super into it. Um, before we, before we sign off, do you have, where, where can listeners find you? Where would you like to, to guide anyone to? Yeah. Like, under Kaboom Atomic. Be in the... Yeah, exactly. Under Kaboom Atomic or, uh, definitely not aliens. You can find me on all streaming platforms. You can also find that's dumb. I love it. My podcast, uh, you could, uh, we're going to be starting season two. Well, we already started, but we're going to be launching that in the summer. Um, trivia. Uh, I'm actually, uh, 
I look at my trivia life as school and there is a graduation program. And that is something that I'm going to be starting in Vancouver called the rent money game show where Whoa. people are going to be doing a mix of trivia and like skill, uh, skill shots and all sorts of weird sort of things on the stage at Rio theater uh, every month. Uh, and the winner is going to have $2,000 um, to pay their rent. Um a lot of people are asking me, like, why isn't it ten thousand dollars? And be like, well, because that's a vacation and rent, <laughs> and two thousand dollars is barely your rent. Um, <laughs> For real though, yeah, I know. Um, but so, uh, yeah, we're working on that right now. There's a lot of things that we have to figure out, but we want to make it so silly. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, so you can check on that in Vancouver. It's coming at some point in 2023. And then, uh, yeah, you can also, I have a movie coming out called Prom Pact on Disney Plus, uh, where I play a principal. Um, I'm funny. Um, <laughs> my trivia is, you know, I'm at Bayside on Mondays, on Tuesdays, I'm at London Pub on Wednesdays, uh, I'm in North Van at Deep Cove Distillery, and on Thursday I'm in Castaway. But make reservations at these places, because they're packed. Fucking A. Well, I, all that info is going to be in the show notes. One more time. Sean Amzing, you're the fucking best. Thank you so much. Likewise, man. This is great. Thank you so much. And that's it. Thanks once again to Sean for coming on the show. If you want to check out his work, be sure to follow him on all the social medias at Kaboom Atomic. The links will be in the show notes. And while you're there, why not follow a few of my links? I'm working on building up some new resources for the show, and I've launched a bunch of new digital products. If you check me out on Pensite, you'll find ebook guides on how to be a better friend and how to create your own daily creative practice just like me. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Friendless Substack. You'll get free access to a monthly roundup of books, movies, and music recommendations, writing prompts to try out, and tips on being a better friend to yourself and to others. All those links are in the show notes, so please do go check them out. It would help me out so much. But that's it for me this week, so let's wrap it up. I hope to catch you back here soon. But hey, let's not worry about that, because that is then, and this is now. So for now, all I'll say is I love you, and I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties. <laughs>